As Sarah mentioned a minute ago, we are in the middle of the season of Epiphany. And Epiphany is about manifestations. In these weeks between Christmas and Lent, we see Jesus Christ and what it means to be his disciples in a new way. The Feast of the Epiphany celebrates the visit of the Magi, as we all know, when Jesus is hailed as king by the Gentiles. And then the season of Epiphany follows in rapid succession with Jesus' baptism, John the Baptist's proclamation, Jesus calling the first disciples, and what we heard last week, his teaching of the Beatitudes. Each of these stories is an epiphany, a manifestation of who Jesus is, the Lord of all, the Lamb of God, the Master Teacher. Today's gospel turns attention from Jesus to the character of us, the character of his disciples. It's an epiphany, but about you and me. And Jesus makes three important statements. He says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And since I have come to fulfill in the law and the prophets, he says, you must live righteously. The key point here, I think, is that we do not have to become salt or light. Instead, we must be the salt and light that we already are. In other words, because Jesus has called us as his disciples and empowered us by his grace, we should actually be little epiphanies of God and live righteously. Jesus is saying here that we should manifest God's character and let our light shine before others, as he says. All well and good, you might say, but how do we actually do that? How do we display God's light in the world? Seems like a tall order, right? After all, God's nature is love and God's actions are life-giving and just, good, and true. No one has actually ever described me in those terms, no matter how hard I try. If you need proof, you can ask my family. So how can we be little epiphanies? Jesus' answer is that we should let our light shine before others by doing good works that give glory to your Father in heaven. And that is the heart of the matter. The good that we are supposed to do is not to draw attention to ourselves, but to God, to manifest his light in a world that is very much in darkness. That's an epiphany. One of the challenges, though, in this passage is that Jesus doesn't actually define what he means by good works. He says, obey the commandments and teach others to do the same. And this is where I think we can be thankful that our lectionary offers some help. The selection Gray read a few minutes ago from Isaiah 58 actually clarifies how we can be salt and light in the world. Isaiah says, we let our light shine by doing justice and by living righteously. And then he identifies a number of concrete actions that should actually characterize the people of God. So my theme this morning is this, that we as Christians, we manifest God's salt and light in the world, and we give glory to God by doing so when we do what's just and when we live in a righteous fashion. So let's talk about these themes in relation to Isaiah chapter 58. 
Now, Isaiah 58 is a fascinating passage, and as we heard, it's full of urgency and insight. God clearly wants the prophet to manifest a new way of being to his people. The passage begins with God telling Isaiah to shout out the sins of Israel. And this is standard fare in the prophets, if you have read them much. A lot of shouting goes on. But what's surprising in this passage is that Isaiah is meant to shout out Israel's sins that are manifested actually in false religious practices. It's really interesting. And the case that God makes is that Israel only appears to seek after God and to be righteous. In actuality, Israel forsakes God's law and ordinances. Now this charge centers on the religious practice of fasting. We all know that fasting is a kind of self-denial. You give up food or drink or other things, largely to atone for sin and to prepare yourself to hear from God. For example, Moses, if you remember in Exodus, he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights on Mount Sinai to atone for sin prior to hearing from God and receiving the law. And subsequent generations of Israelites follow suit. Yet here in Isaiah 58, the people are perplexed. They ask, why do we fast, but you do not see? Why do we humble ourselves, but you do not notice? In other words, we've been doing our religious duty, Lord. We've been fasting. Why are you distant? At issue here is the nature of true fasting. For God says the fast that he seeks is not just self-denial, but sharing your bread with the hungry. For that is an act of justice and righteousness. Simply put, a righteous person is one who loves God above all things. And a just person is one who loves the neighbor. And these two traits are at the heart of a right relationship with God. In our passage, God says that fasting should actually further those ends. But what the Israelites are doing is the wrong thing. God says, look, you serve your own interests on your fast day and you actually oppress all your workers. In short, the Israelites have twisted fasting into a practice that actually furthers unrighteous and unjust behaviors. They're actually doing evil and avoiding what is right. And that gets the moral life completely backwards. The Christian moral life, you can sort of sum it up in saying that it's about giving God glory by doing what is good and avoiding what is evil. This is why in our confession of sin, we have the lines, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. What comes next? By what we have done and by what we have left undone. We confess every week that we actually do what's evil and we leave undone what is actually good. And in contrast to that, what God wants from disciples is for us to manifest his light in the world by fasting truly. And this entails doing a number of concrete behaviors that Isaiah lists. He specifically notes that we're to give up injustice, we're to set the oppressed free, we're to share our bread with the hungry, open our homes to the poor, and clothe the naked. 
They're all forms of fasting, actually, because they refrain from doing something that we often want to do. <laughs> and then we do what's good instead. And if you act in this way, God says your light will rise in the darkness. Not only that, God will promise to answer your cries for help, guide you continually, and satisfy all your needs. So what this means is that a disciple manifests God's glory in the world by acting in ways that reflect God's character. This is a really important point about discipleship. Throughout the Bible, God sets the oppressed free, feeds and clothes the needy, and so on. For instance, in both the Exodus and in the Gospels, we see God feeding thousands in miraculous ways and ensuring the abundant life is enjoyed by those in great need. Moreover, Isaiah draws out the important implication that acting in ways that reflect God's character is not only a key part of what it is to follow God, it actually changes who we are. Isaiah says that the one who fasts rightly will actually have a new dwelling and a new name. For the ancient ruins shall be rebuilt, he says, and you shall be called the repairer and the restorer. It follows that those who manifest God's character actually dwell with God. The ancient ruins have been rebuilt. God is with God's people once again. So if we act in response to God's grace, we give glory to God, we experience a range of God's blessings, and we actually participate in God's work of grace in the world. In conclusion then, Epiphany is a season in which God reveals his glory. In the visit of the Magi and Jesus' baptism, calling his disciples and teaching on the abundant life in the Beatitudes. And in response to that, today's readings have Jesus encouraging us to be little epiphanies who manifest God's light in a dark world. And we do this by doing good works that give God glory. That's what our life is all about. Now this message is straightforward, but really challenging, actually. Just as the Lord has shown forth his glory in Jesus, Jesus is saying that we're to manifest God's glory by what we do. Our task this week is simply to be salt and light in the world. And as members of the body of Christ and as heirs of his eternal kingdom, we actually are that. We actually are God's salt and we are God's light in the world. So let us respond to that. Let us respond to the grace that God has given us by manifesting God's character in what we do. And may the Spirit of God dwell with us so that we can be effective epiphanies of God in the concrete circumstances of our lives.